Uh, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Another episode of the CX Experience with CloudLinks. Very excited for today's guest today. We've got uh, Todd Cothran on the line from Community Workforce Management. Now, they're a very different type of organization than we've been having on lately because they're not the all-encompassing contact center as a service provider. What they are is a very particular piece of it in the WFM space that I've been very excited to look through analyze the product and see the product. And when I asked for a guest from, from, the, from the community team to come on, they gave us Todd because Todd's a little more familiar with a lot of different operations of the organization. So Todd, thank you very much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So, so your role is, 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 I guess, you're the COO of the organization, right? I mean, you, you seem to have your hands in everything from what I've been told. That's correct. I dabble in a little bit of everything. I oversee professional services, but uh, but really I'm kind of running the day-to-day -day operations. Uh, my roots are really on the product side. I kind of grew up as a, as a product manager and, and worked closely with the engineering team in the early days of the product. Uh, uh, but now I'm kind of overseeing a little bit of everything. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. It's an interesting product to kind of have your hands into everything for because you guys are, are are not necessarily a household name, but you're filling the backend operations for a tremendous amount of the people that we've already spoken to in the contact center space. And also you're filling the needs of what I would imagine a tremendous overflow of, of opportunity right now for people that are all looking to work at home and trying to manage their agents. I mean, so let, before we get into that, let's just fill people in on really who community WFM is like, who are you in the world of CCAS services? So people know who you guys are. Right. Well, we were founded in 2005 and so uh, uh, we've been around kind of a lot longer than that. Many of us are, have our roots in some of the earliest days of workforce management. So I uh, you know, worked for Cybernetic Systems International, who was one of the early pioneers in workforce management. We've got folks that were with TCS before they became Aspect and IEX before they now became NICE. And so we were really kind of on the ground floor of the industry and, uh, and spent a number of years before starting a community as, uh, as consultants in the space to both the vendors as well as the uh, uh, end, end customers in the area. And so we've seen a lot of the transition. We saw you know, the rise of Blue Pumpkin and become Verant and, and Telopti and, and all of these mergers and acquisitions and really the, the, the products mature uh, into, uh, into what they've become now. So um, I think we like to think of ourselves organizationally as a WFM company first. And that's kind of uh, really, you know, where our roots are and, and sort of who we are. And uh, we're, that's kind of grounded in this idea that, you know, everybody does workforce management. Workforce management, whether you have an automated tool or not, is kind of the, the policies and procedures of how every contact center is, is running their, their, um, their operations. And so when we talk to people who don't necessarily have a tool and they tell us, well, you know, we don't do workforce management today, we'll ask, you know, well, how do you, you know, get a forecast today? How do you decide what your schedules are today? And, and they talk about, well, we do this and we use Excel and that, but we don't do workforce management. We say, no, yeah. no, that is workforce management. That you is, it's not good, management. but you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. You just don't have a tool that really enables that environment. And so, you know, that's kind of who we are at our core is this uh, workforce management consultancy. Uh, not to say that product isn't important because uh, the product has been uh, is, yeah. is really kind of our, our defining uh, um, uh, characteristic here. And our, our engineer, uh, our engineering team is uh, enormously uh, talented. And, and it's really been um, um, their ability to kind of 
bring um, our sensibilities uh, to bear and to create a product that, you know, sort of speaks to that. And so uh, we think it's been a, a tremendous marriage of, of both business process as well as, as software. I always so, love... uh, as I said, you know, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Well, as, you know, so as I said, you know, we, we were founded in 2005. I think, you know, the other thing that people don't realize about us is that we are predominantly sold through channels. So uh, as a workforce management company, we're not really a, a, a sales organization like you would think of it. Um, we're much more focused on, on product and, and uh, onboarding and, and those aspects than we are on sales. And then community is sold through, you know, a variety of different brands. So we, uh, we OEM the product for a number of organizations. And so there's, you know, a lot of folks out there that are using community today that don't even think of it as community. They think of it as, you know, somebody else's WSM. Yeah, and to me, that, that's, that's one of the big reasons I wanted to have you on, outside of the fact of the couple of names you mentioned before, because I, I always enjoy having conversation with someone that's been, that's been through the telecom ringer. When you mention some of the names you are, it's like, it's like the old telecom guys mentioning Focal and, and, and uh, a couple of the other names that have been around for a while. You get the chance to have some of the pedigree as having cut your teeth earlier in the game and have seen it up, seen it go through its transition. And I like the fact that you guys, starting in 2005, you've seen it from really what was kind of almost like the tail end of um, everyone kind of getting their feet back together after the dot-com burst to where uh, online services as a service models came up. You guys were one of the earlier, earlier adopters of that technology for your service. So it's really nice to have a conversation with somebody that's been through it, not just a, not just a newbie on the block. Now, yeah. the, the, te the technology is a little bit different um, in how you're doing it. Why don't you tell me a little bit about how the technology is structured for you guys? You know, what are you guys doing as a service for people here? That's a little bit different than what they might expect from a, a WFM supplier. Well, um, uh, from a technology standpoint, uh, you know, we have, we have two products and they're both built on the same, uh, the same platform. So we are a, uh, C sharp.net architected IIS solution, uh, that sits on top of a, a SQL server backend. And, uh, and uh, that's, that's kind of the, the, the basics of the product and what it's built on. We don't have a whole lot of additional um, uh, proprietary processes that are running on the server, so that makes our software extremely portable. Um, our front end is entirely uh, HTML. Uh, we don't have any Java or you know, legacy Flash or anything like that in there. So we'll run on just about anything. I mean, if you really wanted to, you could probably build a schedule on an Xbox and, and that would work just fine because it, it's a browser environment there. Uh -huh. uh, so it's uh, so so the product is um, uh, it's been a kind of web platform product from day one. So we haven't had to go through the transition of trying to webify and sassify our product because it's always natively always natively been there. I do think we also had an, an advantage in that uh, you know starting the product up a little bit later in the in the aughts instead of uh, in the in the early 90s is uh, we're not uh, saddled with some of the design limitations that some of the other providers had simply because of the, the horsepower that was available to, uh, to a, a workforce management provider in, in 1990 versus you know, 2015. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's made a big difference in how we could approach the product. Especially, in the, some of the, especially for some of the distribution channels you're talking about when you go an OEM kind of model. You know, these, uh, the CCAS provider who are you, you know, powered by your platform that must have made it tr amazingly simple for the, simpler for them to integrate with you guys and bring it out to their clients. 
Yeah, very straightforward. I mean, as soon as uh, Amazon Web Services uh, started to uh, to emerge and and, and Azure, uh, people were immediately moving the the product to, up into the cloud and and to to make it universally accessible to people without having to you know hit a VPN and all those things. And so it's uh, it's been a very very natural simple transition for us to move into that kind of environment. And are you seeing particular markets? that are working for you? Are you seeing particular industries or verticals that are saying, you know what, we, we just do a really good job with these guys. And, and this market, we, we seem to have been, we seem to have caught fire in that vertical. Um, are you seeing that or is it kind of just universal? It's, it's kind of universal. And, and what's been really advantageous for us is as people has a, have aggressively moved their ACDs to the cloud and the rest of their communications infrastructure Everything that was attached to their old infrastructure was was kind of thrown out. So, you know, 20 years ago when we talked to folks, they said, well, you know, I've got a million dollars invested in software and servers that, you know, we simply can't walk away from that investment to look at another product. And when they moved to the cloud, all that stuff got thrown away. And, and now it really gives uh, new, new business out there an opportunity, uh, you know, to get in and, and show the advantage of the product. You know, it's interesting you say that because it always brings me to, a question I like to ask right now, you start talking as a service type offerings right now and throwing out the boxes. And I'm, I'm very curious that if we look, if we go a year into the future and we look back, is this going to be that inflection point where as a service in the contact center starts to really significantly gobble up market checks? I think in the as a service model for contact center as a whole, we're still sub 15% right now. Um, and I look at the relationship that we had with kind of 9-11 and other situations when hosted VoIP was able to really uh, gobble up market share to the point where they are now. But I'm, I'm curious in what your take is. If you look at that question, do you think this has the opportunity, the pandemic that we're facing right now? Do you think we have the opportunity now to look back in a year and say this was really an inflection point for as a service models to really start quadrupling and multiplying the, how much they're getting? I think if you're, um, you know, not expecting that to happen, you're going to be uh, in for in for a big surprise. I uh, we've already started to see the transition. Uh, you know, five years ago, it seemed like the CCAS were just bringing, you know, 25 seat opportunities and much smaller contact centers, and it didn't feel like a lot of big organizations were ready to kind of jump into that uh, cloud infrastructure. Yeah. And over the last two years, we've seen a, a complete change in that now where we're routinely seeing multi-thousand multi seat you know, contact centers moving over to the platform. And if you're one of those folks who did not already you know, move to the cloud and are now struggling in this you know, COVID environment, uh, then, then that will be your first order of business as, as soon as things do normalize. Yeah, we had I had a great conversation with John Lynch of Saranova the other day, and mm -hmm. I th I think he coined the phrase with me is like, this is potentially the largest case study for the entirety of a contact center going to a work at home environment that you could possibly ask for, right? This is possibly the biggest one you could look at. I I completely agree with that, and 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 not even just contact center. I think uh, you know everything, and 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 I expect when we come on the come out of this on the backside. Uh, there will be things that change that never go back to the way they, they were previously. I'm not getting on a train. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's going to be a <laughs> long time before. I, I, I live in New York, and it's going to take a while for me to get back on a train to where I feel comfortable with that. You know, until I think Mario Cuomo is doing a good job of kind of laying out where the end of this issue is. That's 18 months out. Let's get a vaccine. But until then, 
man, I'm not messing around with public transportation. It's going to, it's going to do wonders for my home life here. I'm going to stay home all the time, but it, it, I agree with you. Things just won't go back to the way they were. And if you look at contact centers in particular, you know, you're, t- they're talking about, you know, you, you, what was the profile of a contact center seat? That guy had a small cube, maybe three and a half by four feet or something like that, that they were working in. And that was where they were. And they were packed into a center. And now they're talking about, you need six, seven, eight feet between you. That's going to be a massive shift in just real estate costs. I mean, if you're a contact center saying, I got a hundred people into this space, you got a hundred people into that space. And now you can get, if you, you know, you do some quick math and you're talking about 17 people into that space now, 18 people, you know, that's, that's crazy. If we can have more people working from home, it's good for everyone. It's good for, you know, the business who supports the contact center. As you said, lower real estate costs. I can spread my people out a little bit more for folks that don't necessarily have a, a suitable environment for working at home. But for those people who work at home, it's a, it's a work-life benefit to be able to, you know, not have that commute that they have every day. We're probably taking cars off the road, freeing up more public transportation. So it's, it's good for everyone, I think, to, to be able to do more work from home. I do think, uh, you know, it's, it's not perfect in every scenario. I, I, yeah. I still think when, you know, we're training a customer, you know, there's nothing that beats being able to look them in the eye to see, you know, have I got the deer in the headlights look or are they really absorbing this content? And, yeah. and so it's hard to do that sometimes over, over a, a Zoom meeting or a, or a Teams meeting, but, uh, but, but we'll see how that works. Yeah, it's interesting when you look at this now. I mean, I, I've almost subconsciously shifted from calls that used to always be audio call calls, and now they're almost entirely video because people are craving that contact. But I agree with you. I live in that world of going to see people, having face-to-face interactions. That's where, that's where I really, that's, that's where I really, I kind of enjoy that aspect of our job is getting out there and meeting the teams. And that's why Contact Center has always been so exciting for us. Um, do you see the WFM tool being, I mean, it's an obvious question. Let me, let me rephrase it a little better here for you. But I, I would think that you would look at work from home tools, I'm sorry, workforce management tools being more critical right now in a pandemic than probably ever before. Well, what do you think about the, the, the tools or the enablement you're giving managers right now for when, they were, when they're all distributed like this? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's huge. And, and, you know, part of the community platform is that we put a real emphasis on uh, communicating with agents. And so we've always supported multiple different uh, avenues to communicate. So, you know, whether it's a, a you know, Skype uh, um, notification or a, a, a mobile phone application notification, uh, SMS, text messaging, email. So we've always had this real high value in terms of communicating to the entire workforce. And so now, uh, you know, in this, uh, in this world, it's more important to ever to be able to communicate easily and effectively with my agents if I can't see them sitting right there in front of me. So, so talk to me a little bit about that, because you're not just looking at this tool as, or a manager shouldn't just look at your tool as something that says, hey, I can schedule my people, I can make sure I've got everyone staffed appropriately, I can do adherence, blah, 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 blah. But now I can actually reach out and touch my agents, I can have a, a, a more of a, a social aspect to the tool? Is that what you're saying? I'm going to make sure I dive into that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, 
we've always put a premium on um, uh, the idea that uh, the, the best uh, forecast and schedule, the best plan in the world doesn't do you any good if it's only, you know, two guys in the back room that are working on it and they're the only ones who ever see the plan. That really everyone in the contact center is part of your workforce management strategy, your agents, your supervisors, and we need to be able to seamlessly and effectively communicate that plan across the entire enterprise to everyone so that we're all operating in lockstep along the way. And so uh, community has multiple notification channels built into it for um, not just saying, hey, there's a new schedule posted or, or that sort of thing, but also to be able to do two-way um, offers and, uh, and response scenarios. So you can reach out and say, hey, we're slow this afternoon. Are you interested in, uh, in taking some voluntary time off? And the agent can get a pop-up on their desktop that says, hey, do you want to do this? Click accept. It comes back into the product automatically updates the schedule, notifies their supervisors. So we're, we're kind of taking care of all that communication for everybody along the way and using that channel instead of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm old enough that uh, I was doing this on clipboard and, uh, and sneaker net, walking around, uh, you know, trying to sign people up for things. This is why I love this. This is why I love I love the uh, I love talking to you now because you're, you're bringing up things you're bringing up things that no one's even gonna know what the hell they meant. Sneaker net is <laughs> that's great. What a word. What a phrase. That's awesome. The sneaker net. Are you ready? Are you bored? You, you got the clipboard out and you're rolling. I mentioned when I first started the sales team, I had I mentioned the tickler file to to one of my to one of my sales reps and and, and she looked at me. She was like, "What what are you talking about?" And she's like, "That's a creepy word." I was like, it's the tickler file. You put that back, talk, reach out to them in 12 months. She was like, I don't even want to talk to you anymore. It's, it's, these terms are great. <laughs> they really are. But it, it is. It's it's something that you look at, right? I mean, you've got some effectiveness built into the tool for a manager to be able to run a distributed workforce, not just get their people going. Are you looking at producing any reports? Or are you having any reports that are showing agent engagement or, or agent productivity right now in this kind of a situation where I would imagine – when they're all in a contact center and they're all together, you can kind of get a, a good contact center manager will look at it and go, you know what? I got a good feel for what's going on now. I hear people. I'm walking around. I, I, I trust the tool, but I got a good feel. I'm here. I see it. Now that's gone. I, I mean, do you guys have any interesting reports or capabilities that you can gauge and measure engagement levels? Well, I, I think, you know, real-time adherence is, is still kind of the, the king in terms of, you know, making sure agents are where we expect them to be when we expect them to be there. And that is well represented in the product. On, on both of, we have a, a, an enterprise as well as an essential solution. They both get uh, uh, very detailed adherence, both uh, real-time, kind of daily what's happening right now, and then a historical adherence as well. So um, all, of the, all of our products offer that. I think that's still kind of the key metric. If I can't see you sitting in front of me, I need to be able to, to make sure that you're, you're actually where you need to be. And it's funny, I, I think if you're a large organization, like our customers that are uh, big BPOs and they might have two buildings and people scattered on multiple floors, this is a little bit easier for them because they're not used to that look and feel as that, that you referenced. You know, if I've got 50 agents and, and we're all in one room and I'm standing there at the, floor, at the, uh, at the command center, I can kind of look out and almost sense when something's going on because yeah. I can see my agents and their, their responses. And, you know, they start looking at me. I know maybe there's something up with the phone system or something along those lines. So you kind of have that feel for it. But when you get to a certain size, you, you lose that feel a little bit because you just can't see everybody. They're not all 
uh, you know, right in front of you from a, a, you know, a seating standpoint. And so um, those customers have always sort of relied on these tools a, a little bit more to make sure people are, you know, where we expect them to be. Yeah, and and I find it interesting too. You you mentioned mobile applications before too, and that's my that's my hand gesture for mobile, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you know, just for, for those who don't know what that is, um, I, I like the mobile application portion of it. I like that if I'm stuck on a train or if I'm stuck in a bus and I can't get to the office, like I can click into the mobile application and start communicating with the manager so I know what's going on because that that's an important aspect to it in today's market, especially when 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 retention rates are pretty low in contact centers. That, that, that enables people to avoid miscommunication and misunderstanding. That's, you want, tell me a little bit about how functional the mobile app is, because I, I find it interesting. You know, we actually have a piece of functionality. We refer to it as ASAM, which is our automated schedule attendance monitor. And the idea behind ASAM is really making sure that our agents are showing up like we expect them to. So if we think back to, you know, the roots of WFM, we had the old check-in roster where I was literally checking off a sheet, okay, Todd's here and, and Frank's here and Daryl's here and Steve's here and making sure everyone checked in. Um, now we do all that digitally. So the system will show you how many people are supposed to arrive. It compares against their, uh, their adherence to make sure that they've uh, shown up. If for some reason they're having trouble, if they're uh, late coming in, I've got a flat tire, whatever, the mobile application is connected to, uh, to the ASAM module. So they can uh, literally press and hold an icon and say, I'm going to be 20 minutes late, I've got a flat tire, and notify the, the contact center uh, you know, ahead of time that they're going to be tardy coming in or also you know, call in sick right from the remote app so that we're not thinking of this as being a, a no-call, sh no-show, or my, my uh, uh, agent has abandoned their, uh, their shift today. And so it, it makes it really easy to uh, to keep track of all that. And the mobile app is is kind of the the key for that piece. And that works really well, especially when you start talking multimedia type stuff. When as you get more and more into omnichannel, and you get more and more into the adherence across these channels, you know some of these CCAS providers are, are they're very expensive to maintain omnichannel reps. So if if you're expected to be on chat that morning, and you're paying for that license, and that guy's sitting there, or that gal sitting there, or you're expected to be on SMS or whatever it is. And you're not there. You really screw up adherence. You really screw up uh, productivity for that day. You know that that's an expectation for you to be there. This will allow a tighter adherence to those rules. And does it automatically? If if I if I'm if I'm that rep, and I say, hey, I'm stuck on the bus or I got the flat tire, I'm going to be late. Does it do something so that I can, as the manager, I can automatically pull in the next closest person, or do I just get an alert saying, hey, Joe's late. By the way, he was on SMS there. He was on chat today. Yeah, it's well, it's going to notify everyone kind of in the pipeline that, you know, Todd's running late. He's, you know, got a situation. When I eventually do show up, if I say I, I think I'm going to be about 30 minutes late and maybe it takes me 27 minutes to get there and into my chair, the system will then automatically say, well, we, had, we put in a late for Todd for 30 minutes because that's what he told us. But we can see now that he's uh, checked in at, at 27 minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and shrink that tardy automatically so that we're not penalizing him for time that – he didn't really take. Well, that's huge too, especially from an engagement model. I mean, you know, you get a, an hourly employee potentially who's sitting there and every bit counts, especially now coming back from this, every bit counts. Those minutes and those ticks and ties up into, in, into some valuable time for keeping the, part, the, the agent who's really your partner engaged with what you're doing right now. I mean, I think there's been a big shift in the contact center, I think, in, in keeping the reps really engaged and empowered and not looking at, them, looking at them as a resource, 
that is expensive for you, but looking at them as a resource that's a that's a, a revenue generator for you. That that's actually a marketing generator for you. And that's you got to keep these people happy. That, that creates problems if they're looking at this as you're 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 chiseling them down for every nickel and dime. Well, that's that's part of our you know sort of holistic approach that everybody is part of workforce management and we're all part of the solution and everyone plays their role and. You know, adherence is a great tool for making sure that I've got people where I need them to be, but it's also a really important tool for making sure that we're capturing all of the valuable work that's being done. So, you know, very often what we find is, you know, maybe Todd was out of adherence for 20 minutes, but then when we go back, we discover that he was actually doing research and his supervisor pulled him off the phone and somebody forgot to put that event in. And now that's lost productive time that, that you know, we want to track and make sure that we have that information correct because at the end of the quarter or the end of the year, now we have this tremendous database of, of all of the, uh, the work that we were performing, and that's going to drive my budget for next year so that we have a better handle on everything that's really going on in the contact center. And that's a challenge across the board, I see. Now, now as you build modules like that and you build enhancements like that, and I know you said a lot of people are kind of white labeling the platform, and you've got some mm -hmm. probably some pre-built integrations that I'd love to hear who you're kind of already integrated with. That'd be cool to talk about a little bit, but... I mean, what do you see for the content for the WFM manager, which is a specific title for a lot of organizations, specifically just managing WFM, but what do you see as some of the challenges in the industry that you guys are trying to solve on that front? Because what you just mentioned is a particular one. I'd love to hear what you guys are looking at in the industry going, you know what, we got to tackle that. We got to fix that. Well, you know, one of the, the probably the biggest challenge we face is uh, the fact that there aren't just a, enough good, really uh, workforce managers out there in the space. And, uh, and so we have a, a lack of workforce management uh, talent out there. And so, uh, so turnover becomes an issue. Once you get somebody you know, trained up and super effective, the, uh, the BPO down the street is likely to want to steal that, uh, that good workforce management analyst from you. And so there is, uh, it, you know, it's a constant issue with, uh, with turnover in the, in the space and, and retraining and trying to get people up to speed. Um, interestingly, I think it was last year or, or maybe the year before that, I was at uh, the Society for Workforce Planning Professionals Annual Conference in Nashville, and I was sitting on a panel, and uh, there was about 150, maybe 200 people in the room, and uh, they were throwing various different questions at us, and I asked the question, I said, um, you know, who in here has actually been trained by their workforce management provider, and not a single person in the room raised their hand? Come on. Said, well, we must not have any of the managers in here. Who who here actually runs workforce management on a day to day basis? And 80 percent of the room raised their hand. That's so odd. that's an epidemic problem is that, uh, you know, people are getting hand me down training. They don't necessarily have a good sense of how the you know, I learned how to use the product from the guy before me and he learned from the guy before them. And so now they're using, you know, maybe 10 percent of the feature set. So. You know that's a that's a big challenge for us is the the the, lo the loss of talent as well as people not being trained up. What we've started to respond with is really a, a managed service offering. Uh, so we've had uh, our customers come to us uh, over the years lately and and, and say, um, you know, I, I I lost my person. We we can't hire somebody for six months. Do you have a fill in for me? Or we're not necessarily certain we want to immediately go out and try to find a workforce manager. Can you just run the application for us? And so we've started providing, you know, managed services to address that need. If we don't have a lot of WFM talents, and, and a lot of 
you know, contact centers just pop up out of the blue. I, I remember when, you know, cellular was early and uh, everybody had their kind of own cellular provider in, in their city. And, uh, and you'd talk to those folks and, and the guy running the contact center was the, you know, one of 14 people. They said, you're the best sales guys we have. So we're going to put you in charge of the contact center. And here he is with 150 people and has no idea how to run a contact center. No idea what's going you on. Know? Right. So, so it's, it's nice to bring someone in, bring in a resource that can hit the ground running immediately, understands workforce management uh, uh, process and procedure that can get you kicked off and, and pointed in the right direction as an organization until you have an opportunity to, to recruit the right talent and, and bring that in. And so, you know, managed services is something we expect to be more and more a part of our, our offering. Do you look at managed services as something to fill a gap? for people during a transition, or do you want to take that responsibility on for them? Just say, listen, don't worry about it. You've got 400 agents. It's, it's a full-time job. Put that towards QM. Let us do your WFM management. Are you looking at that as a standalone product for the duration of, of, of the existence of your relationship with that supplier, or do you want it just to be a stopgap? I, I think it can be both. I think it can be a, you know, a stopgap, you know, kind of a quick start service to help us, uh, you know, get steeped in workforce management understanding. It can be a temporary solution because we lost our person unexpectedly and, and yes. our, we have a hiring freeze. We can't recruit for a while or, you know what, we don't even want to deal with it. You guys just handle it for us. No, I like that. I like that. You, you, it, it's, it's, it's conversational to say to them, listen, you have these people. It's just a natural progression to go forward with us. Look at this as a managed service. Get us on board. We'll fill it in. We'll teach you best practices, which I can imagine best setting up best practices is probably tremendous for you. You're coming in saying, listen, this is how you do it right. So you don't have to know what you, you don't have to research what you don't know you don't know. Let us figure it out. We'll get your thoughts that when you do hire somebody, that person is going to be coming along with our training, our model, our way of doing business. And you don't have to worry about them just kind of doing what sounded like, I get a kick out of it too. It sounded like an old PBX story where 90% of the people use 5% of the features, you know, uh, right. you know, the, your, your tool now is saying, Hey, let's get you in here. Let's get you adhering to our rules. Let's get you adhering to our best practices. This place will be humming. Like this, this place will be powering by the time you, by the time you're up to speed. That's, that's great. It's a great offer. Well, you don't know what you don't know, and, and so it's, it's difficult for people to ramp up and be, and be successful. We try to make the tools as easy to understand as we possibly can, but people have complex environments, and it's not necessarily an easy equation to solve in, in every case. Uh, and so that, we, we feel like that kind of brings us back around to our core competency, which is we want to be a WFM company, not just a software company. Yeah, I think that's where you know, your, your focus on – supporting of the age and supporting of the contact center is key. And I like, I like the way you're, you're phrasing it is like, listen, we, we want to be a WFM company, not a software company. We're not just giving you a package. No, we're going to, we're going to do workforce management for you. That's a, that's a very different approach. Now I mentioned earlier, I mean, are there pre, I'd like to hear if you have it because it's always good to kind of know these things in advance, but who do you have pre-built integration with already that if I'm sitting there and I'm watching this and I'm going, you know what, I've got XYZ CCAS provider. I can leverage uh, I can leverage these guys. Or are you just saying, hey, we're open API to connect to anybody? We have a huge library of, of off-the-shelf integrations, everything from, you know, we've been around long enough that we still have integrations to old Nortel products, right? So those, I love those Nortel. I miss Nortel. Around, right? But, uh, but all, the, all, of the, all of the major stuff, everything from Avaya, everything from Cisco, 
the, the newer CCAS providers, uh, uh, Five9, TalkDesk, Mitel, LiveVox. So we've got uh, probably over Enough. 25 interfaces. Additionally, we also have a generic interface. So if, if you've built a homegrown system that you don't want us touching, or we have data that's coming over from a, a, a partner, we give you a repository that we know how to get the data out of. We have an adapter that knows how to get the data from there. And we don't care how you get data into that repository. As long as it goes in the format that we request, our system will automatically pick that up. That's great. That's and great. we think we have a better approach to data collection than what you've probably seen from some of the legacy systems, right? Going back, you know, to, to 1989 when we were doing it, there was a, a printer buffer, and we were sending printed reports down a, a line to the to the printer buffer and pa uh, parsing them out. Um, that evolved eventually to uh, to people FTPing the reports. Right? If you're a nice customer, you go get the Avaya reports and they load them up on your CMS and and FTP those over. We kind of uh, we don't use any of those methodologies. What we really do is with virtually every system we integrate with, we go right to the database or right to the API, and that gives us a, a huge advantage. So if I have uh, you know your your uh, run of the mill uh, you know Cisco enterprise system there. The UCCE, I go right to the database, I'm able to import queues, I'm able to import agents, I'm also able to import as much history as they might have sitting out there, and we can custom tailor that data integration. So you can tell us that, well, these queues right here, they, they do something funny with their hold time, and we don't want that hold time to be you know, worked into our talk time calculations, so we're able to go in and do a custom query for just specific queues and, and go in and tailor the data collection on a queue-by-queue queue basis uh, for those customers. And so it makes for a, a really resilient uh, uh, integration there. Uh, the, the experience for a customer, if I'm going to add a queue, is I literally go over, import the queue, it comes in, the next 15-minute interval, the system will collect data for it, and you're ready to, to pin that to an activity for forecasting and scheduling. So there's you know, no call to the support desk, there's no charge for this, and, and that's kind of universal across our interfaces. That's great. I mean, listen, yeah. ease of use is key. I mean, ease of use is key. If it's not simple, if it's not integratable, and I think that's one of the reasons you and I talked before we, we started the show, you know, you start talking about a company like Zoom, like that's just taking off because it's just easy. People just like right. it. You know, it's easy, and that's what you have to be, especially to a WFM manager who says, it's better just to be, I'd rather have a simpler tool that makes sense for me and has, it seems like you have all the bells. Whistles. I don't want, I don't want to downplay all the bells and whistles you have, but the ease of use is what's going to make it. It's going to make or break a product. Uh, look, I think that's maybe our single defining characteristic. I would love to say it's our, you know, automated schedule adjustment plans or one of our other great whiz bang features that we have. But uh, honestly, it's, it's really about simplicity of use and, and uh, a lot of design thought went into that. So whether you're an essentials customer or an enterprise customer, um, you know, we need the product to work on multiple levels for you. So if you're a very basic uh, contact center, I can set up my queue and plug in my service level and, and use maybe some default values for shrinkage and I'll get my forecast and schedule. But as I get a little bit more complex, I can go in and start building a library of different uh, shrinkage overhead profiles so I can have my long-term shrinkage set up for a time of day, day of week uh, distribution for shrinkage. And, and uh, maybe I have one for my uh, 
you know, long-term budget, one for my tactical forecasting next week. I can do that on a Q-by-Q basis. I can do it for the entire center. So the product kind of works in layers. It's very simple on the surface to kind of get people started with it. And then as you get a little bit more sophisticated as an organization and start understanding, there's additional layers of complexity that you can put in there that allows the product to, to meet the demands of a more, you know, a, a, a contact center that maybe has used workforce management for a while and understands it a little bit better. Now, what do you have, what do you have on the horizon for people? What do you have? If you said to me, Hey, you know what? I've got uh, a development cycle of 16 months or 12 months. What's, what's next for you guys? Where are you taking this product? Well, uh, I think it's we're, there's going to be more communications channels. Uh, we're going to be uh, adding uh, integration to uh, to Microsoft Teams, uh, since that seems to be kind of ubiquitous now. It's taken the place of uh, Skype for Business, so yeah. that'll be a communications channel, which is nice. It allows you to uh, communicate with the agent even if they don't have the browser open. So I can still get to them and, and notify them. You know, a lot of contact centers, you can't have your mobile phone sitting on your desk if we have PCI compliance. And so we need to be able to communicate with them even if they haven't opened the browser up. Um, so I, I think additional channels there. We're going to add vacation bidding, which is not that exciting. But if you're a contact center who does multi-round vacation bidding, right, it's something that, that you want to have in there. Um, I think what I'm kind of most excited about as a WFM nerd is a uh, is a, a new shrinkage planning module that we're creating that allows you to very easily go in and say, all right, I want to look at you know last quarter's data for my customer service queues, and here are the uh, types of work that we want to focus on for shrinkage, and it will automatically build these time of day, day of week models, and you can save and store all that stuff so that it makes. Uh, creating really accurate uh, um, shrinkage for uh, whether you want to do it at a site level or a queue level or however you want to do it, it, it allows you to build that stuff very, very easily without having to drop out to a spreadsheet or something like that. Oh, it's a great feature to be building for people. It's, it's, it's super functional for people just to have that capability right there in the system. How, how, how soon do you think you're, you're, you're go to market with that? You're generally available. Uh, it, It'll probably be the end of this year. We're, uh, you know, with with everything that's been going on, we might be slightly delayed. Uh, What's on going on? Is there something? Maybe... Is there something going on right now? I don't even know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> Flattening the curve. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're, um, uh, so, so that will, uh, uh, we think it's going to be Q4, Q1 of next year that that we'll have that available, and and some other nifty features, right? Our ASAP is that, uh, you know, offer and response framework that we have in the system that allows you to do that for, you know, overtime and new shifts and voluntary time off and those sort of things. We'll build a coaching planner in, in there as well. So, you know, what's a, a very common thing that every contact center does is you need to spend 30 minutes with your supervisor once a month going over all your statistics and your quality scores and all those things. And if you've got a lot of agents, that's a real pain to try to, uh, to manually schedule. And so we're going to build a tool that makes that very quick and easy for people. So for, for a coaching section for, for agent development, there'll be a section in there for agent development to say, you need this level of training, you need this level of one-on-one um, -on -one time, you'll be able to build that in. So that's also scheduled too. So it's almost like an HR function for them. It'll be you know built right in. They'll be able to say, okay, this last week of April, we need to schedule 30 minutes with all of our agents, and those uh, those opportunities can be you know at the same time as long as they don't have the same supervisor. So five different supervisors could pull somebody off the phone, but one person can't pull five people off the phone because we're doing you know personal 
personal reviews. And so it will then take a look at that and schedule all of that out for you. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah, I think that it'll be a big time saver for people. No, I mean, listen, you get you get managed out there. I, you know, especially if you're running a contest center, what's one of the those periods of time that you hate is evaluation times. You know, like not just general coaching, not just QA kind of stuff, but it's the end of the quarter, it's the end of the month. How'd you do this month? What's going on? I got to fill out forms. I got 12 reps. I got to fill out the forms for. This allows me to schedule that out and pace that. That's that's fantastic. A, a manager must love that tool, or is gonna love that tool. It, it's kind of a common core, uh, kind of a common thread for us. Really, is is we're always trying to automate some of the more painful processes. Uh, you know, our our scheduled bidding is is very thorough and it's you know completely automated from end to end. So I, I hear people talk about scheduled bidding and I say, well, tell me what's your bidding process? And they say, well, we print out blank shifts and then pass them around to our agents and they and they rank them. That's not really automated scheduled bidding, in my opinion. That is, uh, you know, we created some blank schedules. Uh, there's still a lot of manual work there where, you know, what we're delivering to agents are here are all the shifts that are available. They're color coded based upon your probability of being able to uh, uh, hold that shift based upon your ranking and the selections of your peers. And so it, it uh, really gives the agents a good idea of what they're going to get as a result of that bid. And then when it goes back into the workforce managers, when the bid is completed, it's fully automated on that end. So it's you know, one button to zip that up and assign all the schedules. Another button creates all of those uh, schedule templates and automatically assigns them to the agents. And there is literally no manual intervention there at all. That's fantastic. Yeah, so it's, you know, I think that's going to be a, a, a big focus for us down the, uh, down the road is continuing to try to, you know, automate some of those, you know, manual pain points that people have. Hey, I mean, you basically have your development road track just by people complaining, I can't do this. You know, you, <laughs> right. what's the problem? Okay, great. Let's get it onto the roadmap. And you guys are, you guys are nimble enough to get that done. I mean, not to have to say, listen, we have to, we can't prioritize something over something else because somebody wants it. I mean, it's, it's, it, there's a benefit to what you're doing because you're nimble. You're able to do what you need to do for a client and get it done faster. And, and we have to be disciplined on the engineering side to make sure that, uh, you know, we do that in the right way. It's, it's really important for us whenever we introduce a new feature that it's really mainstream in the product and utilizes all the other things that the product does so that it, it's not like some odd bolt-on that sort of sits next to the product that is loosely integrated with it. Uh, um, you know, early on, you used to see that with some of the product features. It was these add-ons really felt like an add-on. And we want to make sure that any new features we add are very streamlined and fit very nicely and tightly into the product. And and everything you've done, and this might correct me wrong, everything you've done is started with the core product. You guys have built it from the ground up. There's not a lot of Frankenstein kind of creations here. I mean, this is built in and natively to you, all the developments done by you. You're not buying and piecemealing products together. We look at one platform, one product, all through you. Absolutely. The same principal architect is working on it today that wrote the first line of code. Really? Yes. Poor guy. Uh, you know what? Uh, <laughs> uh, he, he really is the magic. He's the one that, you know, takes the ideas and, and, and uh, translates. It's, it's really about, you know, getting the UI right so that it makes sense to those 100%. novice customers and, and uh, and that is uh, unfortunately or fortunately, you know, if you're a, if you're a numbers nerd like me, I'd, I'd love for them to be excited about the algorithms. But frankly, when we do the demos, people are really excited about the look and feel. And and this makes sense to me. And I this looks like a tool that I can use. 
Yeah, some of the biggest complaints I've heard about WFM tools, QA tools, just tools in general is that they're so menu driven. They're so difficult to manage. I, I've got to find my way around. I want to run a report. I've got to do this, that, and the other thing. I can't, or, or if I want to just have a one-click report, it takes me 75 steps up front to get to the one-click report. It's just very yep. frustrating. And when, when I took a couple demos of your product, it did seem simple. It seemed ele almost elegant. I hate the word, but it seemed almost elegant for people to be, to be doing it with you guys. Well, I appreciate it. A lot, of, a lot of thought goes into trying to make it look that way. What, what, how do I get to you guys? I mean, are you in kind of the, you mentioned talk desk, for example, are you in their app store, app connect store? Is it that easy to get to you guys? Uh, it, it, it will be, uh, I, I don't know if we're live in the app store at the moment, but, uh, but that'll be a way to, to get to them. You can always come to, you know, communitywfm.com and you can, uh, you know, contact us directly and we can point you to the correct, uh, um, uh, partner, uh, in that circumstance. Or, uh, or you know, through through any of our, our partner channels that are out there. All right, cool. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, we 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 signed up with you guys as a partner on the channel maybe about a couple months ago, and it's been good so mm -hmm. far. We brought you into a couple of places. I've yet to have somebody come back and say, you know, not the right thing for us. I, I've had nothing but universal appeal for the product, so that's really been exciting for us. Um, Todd, you know, you, you you look at the time I've gobbled up a lot of your time already. So I mean, I'm very curious to see. Um, we're in the pandemic. Any advice for WFM managers right now? You know, uh, any best practices to say, listen, make sure you're doing this because your, your, your agent retention, retention rate is now more important than ever. You know, give us some advice for these people. You know, I don't think it's as much on the, uh, you know, WFM side as it is because, you know, managing you as a, as an agent, um, whether I can see you or not, you could be on the second floor and I may have very little personal interaction with you. Sure. Um, and so whether you're at home or upstairs on the second floor doesn't matter to me. I, I still think at the end of the day, it's really about quality interactions and that's what's going to drive customer service. And so I would tell contact centers to be, you know, more than ever focused on uh, call quality and uh, and quality interactions with with my customers, because I, I still think I think that's the place that it will be a little bit easier for there to be some slippage. You know, adherence lets me know whether you're sitting there or not, but it doesn't necessarily focus on what you're saying and and whether or not uh, that's a, a, you know, a quality interaction with the customer. Yeah. So you, you go back to the you're a part of the train of thought of. I don't care how long you're on the phone with that client. Have a phenomenal experience. Make them an advocate for me. Right. First call resolution. You know, I, I called, uh, you know, XYZ Bank, and uh, I could tell that the agent was uh, working from home because I heard a dog bark in the background. But you know what? They handled my uh, my problem, you know, like a pro, and it, it didn't matter to me that uh, that they were sitting at home. Yeah, so go easy on your people, especially right now. Don't worry so hard. Don't worry so much about it. Now, I, I'm wondering if if – if you'll think, and again, I like the six month out question because we're in an unprecedented time here. So I always do like to, you know, I'm going to keep you for a couple more minutes here. Do you think when we look out six months out from now, we look back, do you think there's going to be a massive increase in, in voice communication? Do you think there's going to be a massive increase in SMS or online communication? I'm curious to see where you think the shift will be to people right now. You know, chat continues to, to gain ground. People like chat. Uh, the last time we uh, looked at some survey data, uh, chat was the second most preferred channel for people to, uh, to interact on. And so we think that is going to continue to be a driver. 
but I, I also think that uh, we're going to see people wholesale swapping out uh, ACD platforms here to move to the cloud if they haven't done so already. And yeah. that's probably going to help facilitate more and more of these channels as they're, you know, maybe moving to a UCAS provider that, that has more of that available natively. Yeah, we just launched a survey online to the context center community kind of to gauge premises and and CCAS readiness and the state of readiness for contact centers to see how they did during this. I'm very curious to see what comes back to us, especially from how quick some states went to it. I mean, I had Pennsylvania, they got a call and they basically announced on Friday that come Monday, they're locked down. These premises-based systems had to adapt quick. So I'm with you on that front. Well, listen, Todd, I really appreciate it, man. You've been You've been, this has been great. I don't know if there's anything you want to close with or anything you want to think about, but this, this has been wonderful. So I appreciate your time. Hey, I thoroughly enjoyed it and uh, look forward to, uh, you know, maybe six months down the road, we'll, we'll revisit this and see where we're at. I do, I do. And I got to get myself one of those community shirts there. I know, you know, I'm, I'm a t-shirt guy. You know, if you, when the t-shirt line comes out, you got to hook me up. We'll make sure, we'll take care of you. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll make sure I, I, I edit you well then. You'll look good. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Todd, thanks, man. I appreciate it, everybody. Thanks for participating and thanks for listening today. Todd, been great, thanks. man. Thanks. Stay safe. I'll Thank talk you. To you. You as well, man. Be safe. Thanks. Bye-bye.